Um, it is a solemn weekend. Um, there's no doubt about that. And I know we have several visitors that are with us today that you don't normally uh, worship at Clinton FCC. And I want to thank you for being here on this uh, somber day. It's a somber weekend as our country pauses to take time and remember those who um, paid the ultimate price for our freedom. And I would encourage you tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., the Clinton Cemetery, to come on out for uh, the Memorial Day ceremony. It takes place every year. Um, it's not long. It's very moving. And I hope that you'll be there tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. A couple other announcements I want to make you aware of. This Wednesday at 1.30, Young at Heart is hosting a game day. And I want to say it like this. If you are retired, if you are free at 1.30 on Wednesday, come on out. We're going to have a lot of fun. You don't have to go to Young at Heart on a regular basis to be a part of this. We'd love to have you there. It's going to be a blast this Wednesday, June 1 at 1.30 p.m. Next week is VBS week. And so uh, make sure that if you are planning to help, you know what you're doing. If you haven't signed up to help yet, there's still time to get you plugged in. We'd love to have you join us for Vacation Bible School 2016. And then my final announcement is um, we're hosting a teen choir from our sister church, Lincoln Christian Church. 67 of them are going to be with us on Tuesday, June 14. For their presentation. This group is excellent. I know a lot of you, you love specials and song, you love drama. This is a night to come out. Tuesday night, June 14, 7 p.m., the Good News Choir from Lincoln Christian Church. They're on a tour. They're going literally all over our country, and we're blessed to have them that evening. Well, it is Memorial Day weekend. It is a, a time that we're called to remember, and um, we always wrestle with what do we do with this weekend in terms of the sermon. Do we skip the sermon? And some of you would like that. You'd say, yeah, go down that road. Or do, do we try to continue on in a series? And, and so today I want to talk about um, remembering the person that, that really should be the most important person in all of our lives, and that's Jesus Christ. And how do we remember Jesus Christ? And one of the things that we do at FCC is we take communion every Sunday. And so if, um, if it's a Sunday morning and there's 650 people in attendance, we take communion. And if it's a Sunday morning and a blizzard hits and there's 100 people here, we're going to take communion. We do that every week. And I've had people that come from other faith backgrounds, uh, other denominations, say, why do you do it every week? What's the purpose of every week? Doesn't that seem like a little bit of overkill? And so what I want to do, just for a couple minutes, this is not a long message, I want to give you some insight why we do what we do, and really what communion, what the Lord's Supper is all about. I want to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The Apostle Paul wrote two, actually four letters. We know it as two books, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, to the church at Corinth. And much of 1 Corinthians is really negative, and he's kind of giving them a hard time. The Christians there weren't necessarily living like they were supposed to. The city was really corrupt. There were a lot of problems. But in uh, chapter 11, he addresses the this practice that was ongoing of the Lord's Supper, of communion. And, and so I want to read several verses and then try to get some insight as to what we can learn from 1 Corinthians 11 and figure out why we do this and how we can really remember Jesus Christ. Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. 
Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats the bread and drinks the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. And so what's the purpose of the Lord's Supper? It's really right there in the text. The purpose of the Lord's Supper is to simply remember Christ's death. Not that that's a simple undertaking, not that that's a simple exercise, but that's why we do it. That's why you eat the cracker. That's why you drink the cup. That's why we take time every Sunday morning for communion to remember Christ's death. That is the central part of what the gospel is all about, that Jesus Christ died, that he was buried, and on the third day he rose again. Why why do we do communion? We do this, as 1 Corinthians 11 says, in remembrance of me. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. So this morning, I want to talk some practical questions. You know, why, why do we do exactly what we do? I want to talk about what we can learn. And then I'm going to go a direction that some of you may be a little uncomfortable with. I want to give you some times that maybe you should think about not taking communion. And, and, uh, and we'll call it a day and we'll move on to our festivity. So just some practical questions. First of all, who can administer the Lord's Supper? And I know some of you, you grew up going to a church where only the priest could, could administer the, the bread and the wine. Um, at FCC, we believe that any believer can administer the elements and serve communion. You don't have to have a dress code. You don't have to have been a Christian for a certain amount of time. Any believer is able to pass the tray and administer the elements. Who should partake in the Lord's Supper is a question that I'm asked. Visitors a lot of times will say, can I take communion? And let me tell you, I've been in church settings where I was not allowed to take communion because I was not a member of that church or I was not a part of that denomination. We believe that any follower of Jesus Christ is invited to take communion. So if you're a follower of Jesus, we invite you and encourage you to take communion. What elements should be used in the Lord's Supper? Um, You know, we use crackers, wafers, and we use grape juice. Some churches have an actual loaf and they break the loaf. Many churches do wine. Uh, Some churches are offering the option of grape juice or wine. Uh, We believe that the Lord's Supper symbolizes Jesus' death on the cross. And for that symbolism, we use crackers and grape juice. How often should we partake of the Lord's Supper? And this is something that has divided um, Christians, unfortunately. Some churches do it monthly. Some churches do it quarterly. We do it weekly. And the temptation sometimes is to say, well, my church is right or your church is wrong. And, and that's not, that should never happen, let me just say, when it comes to communion. But we do communion every week, and I want to tell you why. We do it every week because we follow the example of a church most of you have never heard of. Most of you have never heard of the church at Troas. Um, nothing really flashy happened at Troas other than a guy named Eutychus fell asleep, fell out a window, died, was brought back to, 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 to life by Paul. Other than that, uh, nothing flashy happened there. But in Acts chapter 20, verse 7, you can mark that down in your bulletin if you want to, it says that the brothers and, and sisters at Troas gathered on the first day of the week 
for communion. And so we're following the example of the church at Troas. That's just some practical, why do we do what we do? The most important part of this message, the thing that I hope we gain the the most insight from is, what do we learn from communion? What lessons are there to grab a hold of as it pertains to the Lord's Supper? And I really believe that there's at least four. There's probably more than that, but I want to articulate. I want to punctuate four this morning. And the first thing that we should learn from the Lord's Supper is that it reminds us of the death of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that it entails. Many of us who are here today, we've experienced death in the last year. Some of us have experienced death uh, in, in the last month or week of loved ones that, that were near and dear to our heart. And that's why you're here. That's why your loved one's name is in the bulletin. That's why you're going to take a flower. And you're probably not going to just take that flower and throw it in the garbage can on the way out. You're probably going to put it in, in some water and, and, and just have it as a reminder for at least the next couple of days. Our call when it comes to Jesus Christ is to remember his death, to remember Jesus Christ. I think too many times, especially those of us who have grown up in the church, man, we've been in church every Sunday. It's just what we do. It's easy to just say, oh yeah, that that story of Jesus dying on the cross, the crucifixion. Oh yeah, yeah, it must have been rough. must not have been very much fun. Uh, We need to take time. I need to take time every week and remember that Jesus Christ had nails driven through his flesh. Because I'm a sinner. Jesus Christ hung in agony on the cross because I'm a sinner. I've sinned this week. Most of us have sinned this week. Maybe all of us have sinned this week. We're all sinners. We've all missed the mark. We need a Savior. And communion every week reinforces that idea. Yeah, Jesus Christ died for me. Jesus Christ brings me hope. A second lesson that communion teaches us is that the Lord's Supper symbolizes how we really depend upon the Lord. We just wrapped up what has been one of my favorite months serving here at Clinton FCC. It was a prayer emphasis month. We used the book Extreme Prayer. And um, one of the takeaways from really the month, but specifically week number two, is this idea that I need to become dependent on prayer. Well, I could clarify it even more than that. I need to become dependent upon the Lord. It's the call to rely on Jesus Christ. Who who do you rely on? Who do you count on? Who do you depend on? Who in this world would you really struggle if they weren't in your world anymore? We could all come up with a name or names that, that come right away. We're called to rely on Jesus Christ. To rely on that personal relationship. In the Lord's Supper, taking of the the cracker, the bread, drinking of the grape juice, the cup, reminds us that we're called to rely on Jesus Christ. Third, the Lord's Supper points us toward Christ's return. It's the call to be ready for the return of Jesus Christ. We're living in the last days. Now, we've been living in the last days for, for quite some time, but... Jesus could come back today. In fact, let me say it like this. I hope Jesus does come back today. 
If he doesn't come back today, you know, tomorrow's going to be an awesome day. It's my 24th wedding anniversary tomorrow, and Marla and I are getting away for a couple days. It's going to be a good time. But, man, I hope Jesus comes back today. Do you wake up every day and say, I hope Jesus comes back today? I think sometimes we get so rolling with life, and we've got track meets, and we've got the Boy Scouts, and we've got 4-H, and we've got this, and we've got that that we almost start thinking, Jesus, I don't have time for you to come back today. Can you do it next week? Can you do it next month? Can you do it next year? When we take communion, it should remind us that Jesus is coming again. And we should pray that prayer that John wrote. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And so I would just ask you this in love this morning, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever the state of your spiritual life is, are you ready? For Christ's return. Another way to say it is, do you think that you're good with God? And you know, if you're not, for whatever reason, whatever's happening, um, Jesus could come back today. Jesus could come back tomorrow. Jesus could come back next week. Be ready. Be ready for Jesus. And then finally, number four, the Lord's Supper, and I love this, reflects the fact that our church is one body of believers. My favorite place to take communion He's up here on this stage. I love to watch you take communion. That's not because I'm wondering if someone's going to drop one of the trays or something like that, but I just love to, to see our diversity. I love to see people that have been Christians for decades and decades and decades, and that's some of you. And I love to see people that have been Christians for, for weeks, and that's some of you. I love to see people that are ridiculously blessed financially sitting right next to people that are really struggling financially i love to see people that are lifelong residents of 61727 and i love to see people just brand new to this quaint central illinois community it reminds us that we we have a call and that's a call to unity we're called to be one in christ I want to just remind you that every day, my cell phone gives me a really obnoxious ringtone alarm at 2.02 that reminds me to pray for unity. Philippians 2.2, the call to unity. And I invite all of you, even if you're a visitor, even if you're not coming back to church here next week or the week after, I invite you at 2.02 every day to pray for unity for for our church, but really for, for all Christians that we can come together under the umbrella of Jesus Christ. So real quickly, I want to do this, part three. Is there ever a time that someone should avoid taking the Lord's Supper? And again, I want to reiterate the fact that you don't have to be a member of FCC. You don't even have to be a regular attender of FCC. This is not my supper. This is not Kent's supper. This is not Russ Utterback's supper. This is the Lord's Supper. And if you're a follower of Jesus we invite you to, to take. But remember what verse 27 said. You know, anyone who takes the, the elements in an unworthy manner breathes judgment on themselves. So four times that I think we ought to be really careful when it comes to communion. Number one, I would say don't take communion if you've not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I would encourage you not to take communion. I would encourage you to become a follower of Jesus Christ and then take communion every week. 
But if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, I would encourage you to let the tray pass. Secondly, don't take communion if you have sin on your calendar. If you're not really repentant of sin, let it pass by. Now, I want to clarify something here. We're all sinners. We've all missed the mark. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. So you're probably going to sin again. I'm going to sin again. I don't like that. What I'm talking about here is unrepentant, willing sin. God, I'm doing this. I know it's wrong. I don't care. I'm going to keep on doing it. It's who I am. If that's your attitude related to sin in your life, if you have sin on your calendar, I would encourage you to let the elements pass. Number three, don't take communion if there is someone in your life that you will not forgive. That's tough, isn't it? Where'd I get that? Where'd I come up with that? Um, From Jesus. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mountain, talked about how we should pray, and he gives us the Lord's Prayer. And we love the Lord's Prayer, and many of us have memorized the Lord's Prayer, and it's awesome. And then he says in verse 14, if you forgive others when they sin against you, your Father in heaven is going to forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive those who sin against you, your Father in heaven won't forgive you. And so when I take communion, I'm reminded, i got to let it go. I've got to forgive. I have to forget. And then a fourth time that I would say not to take communion is just if you're totally distracted or totally irritated. I don't even know if I should even share this. I'm I'm probably um, changing the opinion that some of you will have of me, but several weeks ago we had just a chaotic Sunday morning. I mean chaos from the time I arrived until the time the service began. I'm bouncing here. I'm bouncing there. I'm putting this fire out. I'm doing that. Um, I lost my iPad. I'm walking all over trying to find my iPad. I'm thinking, man, what am I going to do? And I I rush in during the third worship song. And um, I I did not have a, a spirit of worship rolling. I didn't have a heart for Jesus rolling at that moment. Um, I was ticked at just a variety of circumstances, and my face probably showed it. And I didn't take communion that day. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I was not in the right frame of mind. I was not where I need to be. Um, It would not have been good for me at that moment. So if you find yourself in that scenario, I'd encourage you to not take communion. What's the bottom line? What am I trying to communicate that? Here, Here it is. We're never closer to Jesus Christ than during the Lord's Supper. And that is why we're encouraged to do it, to remember Jesus. Remembering Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. And thank you for this Remembrance Sunday. Thank you for this day that we can pause and remember people that we really loved and that we really miss and that really impacted our lives. And I just pray just a special prayer of mercy, a prayer of comfort. You're the God of all comfort. For those that are here today that are especially struggling. But Father, more than anything else, um, it's my prayer that this will be a day and every day will be a day that we remember Jesus Christ. That, um, That we will be drawn to rely on Jesus Christ in our lives. That we'll never forget that he's coming again. 
and that we're called to come together in unity as a body of believers for your glory. Unite us, Father. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.